2: This is TalkSport Daily.
3: Hello, 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 It's Tuesday, my friends. Welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And, of course, you can check me out on Drive later on today from 4pm. Anyway, we, of course, begin with the fallout from the Merseyside derby in the Premier League where Jurgen Kibli Klopp's Liverpool beat Sean Dyches Everton at Anfield. The match, of course, was live on TalkSport. Here's the reaction.
2: Liverpool is red for tonight,
0: anyway, and finally Jurgen Klopp has his first Premier League win of 2023.
3: We needed a, a really good performance, and we showed a really good performance it, in, a, in a obviously a tough game in a tough situation. So we, we face a, we face an opponent who played an exceptional game against Arsenal. Um, We're the new manager; another week, time to work together and. I saw our training week and it was really good. It was really good, but then, how can we now at the moment, oh, that training week was good, so now we will play well. So we had to prove a point and we did that. And the boys did that, it was a really good performance and we played exactly the game we, we, we wanted to play and not for one second, apart from the set pieces, the game Everton wanted to play. And so that gave us the edge to be on the winning side tonight.
2: But I've got a question, where was Jordan Pickford? I think he tries to read the ball. And, and doesn't get the ball. Now
3: yeah, here's the former Liverpool midfielder Danny Murphy.
4: Where was Jordan Pickford? It's the Pickford of old, isn't it? He's spent a long. He's had a good couple of seasons now where he, he seems to contain his emotions and actually be really calm. Especially the end of last season at a time when Everton needed, and he made some terrific saves and helped keep them up. So it's a flashback from the past that he'll probably look back on and be disappointed with, I think, and reflect because when he's in that state of mind, he doesn't play his best football. But the first goal, I have to say, I was maybe. Obviously, I dug Coleman out a little bit, and we've dug Pickford out, but Mikolenko also went missing on that. There was three, it was a catalogue of errors that turned the game on its head. Now, Liverpool were a bit better, and maybe they would have won anyway, but if that goal does go go in for Everton, or they get to half-time at 0-0, it's a different feeling in this place. But moments, Liverpool overall dominated in the second half and deserved it, but Sean Dyche will be looking at that and thinking... Do you know what? We could have dealt with that yeah. so much better because it was a giveaway goal.
2: You know, they started brightly, and um, which they can do here, of course. And, you know, I think well, there was no lack of effort or, or energy or organisation because we kept them to sort of minimal real chances. Um, and we just managed to get a fold of the game and get a feel of the game at that point. So to hit the post and then break away was, was disappointing, obviously. You know, I think the, the transition is important in the Premier League and that we know they can do that. Um, and they found that with the first goal and a bit of a misread from Jordan. He had a lot of work to do to do. Don't get me wrong, even if he you know, stays in the centre of the goal. And you go 1-0 down without that much being in the game. We didn't deal with the ball as well, but our shape was good, our energy was good, and our commitment to that side of the game was good at that stage. And you go in you know, frustrated at half-time. Tarkovsky hits the post at one end. Mo Salah puts the ball between the two posts at the other. All within 30 seconds. Two minutes
1: before that happened, Anne-Marie's gone to me. His head's gone. His head's gone. And, and I suppose, uh, as Liverpool fans, we are a little bit after what happened to Virgil van Dyke. If someone is going to give you something, it was nice that it was Jordan tonight.
3: On now to the fun boy, Jason Cundy and Jamie O'Hara on the Sports Bar.
4: It's one of the best performances I've seen Liverpool this, yeah. this season, where easily is that per- this year. Where's that performance been? There have been moments this season where we have gone, there's the Liverpool... But they've got to back it up now. They've got two tough games. Champions League, got Newcastle away. That's a big game. Champions League, Real Madrid. I'm not saying that they're seasoned. Well, they could have season-defining. No, that's a bit too soon to say to say that. But huge games in their season. If they can go to Newcastle and get something, which mm-hmm. is a tough place to go, then, you'll, then maybe Liverpool will start to believe there is a top four race. Well, are nine Liverpool...
0: points off the top four.
4: It's quite, that is quite a big gap for a side that hasn't consistently played well. But can Liverpool go on a run of like five games, win four, draw? Yeah, they, are, they have been
0: capable. This season,
1: we've not seen it, have we? Robinson, Fabinho, they were back tonight. They were absolutely fantastic. And will Liverpool get top four this year? I'm going to put my marker down now and say they absolutely will. Real Madrid are off it as well, by the way. Real Madrid aren't really on it. We can beat them as well over two legs.
3: Now, an independent report has found that UEFA and the French authorities were responsible for the chaotic scenes at the 2022 Champions League final. Police are set to be accused of being over-reliant on the use of tear gas and pepper spray against blameless fans. Those tactics cause crushing outside the Stade de France.
0: That uh, independent review, as you say, that was leaked earlier this evening has now been published in full by UEFA. It's a 220-page document. UEFA, in the last few moments, have also released a statement saying they welcome the publication of that review into the chaotic events surrounding last season's Champions League final in Paris. We are grateful to the independent panel for this piece of work, says the UEFA General Secretary Theodore Theodoris. He also says on behalf of UEFA I would like to apologise most sincerely once again to all those who were affected by the events that unfolded on what should have been a celebration of the pinnacles of the club season. In particular I would like to apologise to the supporters of Liverpool Football Club for the experiences many of them had had when attending the game and for the messages released prior to and during the game which had the effect of unjustly blaming them for the situation leading the delayed kickoff. So Liverpool fans have had their apology from UEFA, although a lot of supporters are unhappy that it hasn't come directly from the UEFA president, Alexander Seferin.
4: The fact is that the Liverpool fans have been exonerated, first and foremost. We knew the answer to that anyway, but it's still nice to have it official because a lot of people are still suffering because of that night. A lot of people I've spoken to won't be going to certain matches, especially away from here, away from Anfield, again, because of their experiences that night. So, yeah, there is some justice. Um, I think the big question for me is more why UEFA did let that final go ahead without doing the proper checks, subtracting too many contracts to the independent security firms, stewarding, etc. Was it cost-cutting? Was it saving money? Was it flippancy? Was it... Uh, who knows? That's what I'd like to know more of because an apology for, uh, it, it's, its fruitless. It doesn't mean anything. If, if they come out, I'm sure they will apologise after this. But the, the point is, it can't happen again. Why did it happen? Why were those mistakes made? Who was in charge of that? Someone, the problem is when it's UEFA, FIBA, whoever it is, it's, it, the blame comes under this umbrella of the name. Instead of saying, right, who was in charge? Who gave the decision to not check that the stadium was good, fit, fit and proper to to host the final of that magnitude? Who? Because otherwise it's just under the name of UEFA and we have to stomach it. And then they go on, you know, who knows? How do we know it's going to change for next year's final? And there's two realities there. You hit on one. And and I've spoken, we haven't spoken about this before, you and me personally, but I've spoken to uh, Liverpool fans who've said after that night they are not going away in Europe ever again. Well, Abe, I I was going to take my 12-year-old boy. I had tickets. The only reason I couldn't go is because on the Sunday morning after the game was my... Only grandchilds. Christening. And my eldest boy who wanted to go to game as well. I mean, he can look after himself. He's bigger and stronger than me. But he would have gone. But we couldn't go because we had to be at it. Obviously, you're going to be at the Christening. Yeah. It's like, OK. Thank God.
3: Yeah, there were a number of controversies over the weekend in the Premier League involving VAR or V-A-R or V R or V-A-R Anyway, we're we'll here from Darren Bent, a furious Jamie O'Hara. But first is Simon, I'm not going to be a part of the media, Jordan. Claiming that the media are still trying to push an anti-VAR agenda, or VAR, or VAR, anyway, you get the joke.
0: Left-footed shot, takes a deflection. Was that handball by Socek? He seemed to go down with his arms in front of his body, and the Chelsea players are screaming. The idea that referees are immune to making human error based opposite situations. This is ridiculous, it's bloody silly, and I'm tired of the media badgering of it. I watched a journalist go after Graham Potter on Friday because of Chelsea's game, and there was a situation in that game. And Potter wanted to be we are relatively balanced about it, but the journalist wasn't happy with that. They wanted to get a quote from a manager saying how much they dislike VAR. I thought it was a good save. You need your goalkeeper sometimes to, to get you the points. It hasn't been given, so there's nothing for me to say. And I was listening to that, and I was watching that interview that was being done, and I was watching the direction it was, that they were wanting to take it, and he gave his answer, the journalist wasn't happy with it, wanted to come back around again, until eventually you can get the headline, which is Graham Potter's raging about... VAR. It's a clearly bad decision. It won't be lost on Howard Webb.
1: I'm not angry at VAR as in the, 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 the technology. Technology is working. It is the absolute donuts that are that are working. Yeah. That's what's doing my head in.
0: How can you forget to draw lines when you're doing VAR and you're and you're looking at the offside rule? I mean, come on. I no. mean it's Sunday League stuff. I mean it's the Premier League we're talking about.
3: Now Spurs travel to AC Milan tonight in the Champions League. It's the round of 16. First leg, don't you know? European footy expert Andy Brassel warned Spurs fans that Antonio Conte might be using the game
2: as a job interview to return to his homeland. I mean, what did we say about Dortmund and Chelsea three weeks ago and two bold men fighting over a comb? I I think you could argue that coming into this fixture with particularly everything that's happened to these these teams recently. Milan put an end to five games without a win um, by beating Torino 1-0. I've always thought since the draw was made that Spurs would get through this narrowly. We know Conte's sides aren't particularly expressive. There's there's so many subtexts to this. And I think one of them is the fact that Conte's going at the end of the season. We know that. He'll probably go back to Italy and he would like to go back to Italy. We know that. I think a lot of this is Stefano Pioli, the coach of Milan, who's got an enormous amount of respect. He's done a great job. Who's won the title. Things have looked really, really sketchy the last month or so. And I wonder if that's a job that, that Conte might have his eye on going into next season. So, mm. Pioli really has to prove that he can get his team doing something against decent opposition. And for Conte, he never does it in the Champions League, does he? So, this will be something for an opportunity for him to make some sort of rebuff to his critics in Italy.
0: Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns.
1: Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you.
0: Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to ertz in the biparsal rise plug sale.
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry.
0: The single most important thing is to ertz in the channelised bing bingus of the biparsal rise plug sale, and you'll be fine.
1: Uh yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations.
2: Making work make sense?
1: LinkedIn knows how.
2: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too.
1: To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.
3: And we finish with Stuart Psycho-Pierce on the Super Bowl, admitting that the Rihanna halftime show wasn't for him. I would have voted with my feet and gone for a 12-inch hot dog, to oh be well, quite yeah. honest with you at half-time. I can see Springsteen being out there. One of the best doing. of all time, they say. Not for me, fella. Not really? for me, yeah. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. A bit harsh. I know, that's what I do best. Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the Talksport Whatever wherever you get your podcast from. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's drive-time show at 4pm today. After us, at 7pm, big old game of football. AC Milan take on Tottenham Hot Spurs. It's the Champions League, it's the round of 16, and it's the first leg. Over on Talksport 2, it's Baron against Bayern Munich. That's how I would say it. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport daily podcasts at first in the morning, so do what you got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a lovely day, and above all, be safe, everyone, be safe.
2: That was a podcast from TalkSport.
1: The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?